Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show that's coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on and i do have to give a shout out but first let me say hi to mr benny hi b hi pat how you be i be pretty good thanks for asking yourself yeah good yeah so guess what i'm doing Uh uh-huh what you doing so the suspense is killing me by the way i know i know (laughs) because i'm trying to think of how to say this so i know we do a lot of social media posts Mm -hmm. But I rarely do personal posts. And so I got a bunch of emails from listeners asking me how I feel about things because I don't usually talk about, I don't talk about, quote, how I feel about things. Although you could tell how I feel about things by the way I talk about things, right? And so they were asking me a question about the coronavirus and masks. And my answer was, I am always going to start, because it's my nature, I'm always going to start with the science of things. It's just my nature to do that. But then it's also my nature not to put all of my eggs into the science basket without honoring the intuition basket. And so they so so somebody said to me, well, what science are you looking at? So I responded to one of our hosts who did a post, right? And I responded to that post with a really unusually long Facebook response. But you could tell the science part of me or the researcher part of me was clearly showing up. Because I did this really long post and I had bullet points in it and I had references from two studies in it. And I didn't think about it. And I get another email back from someone that says, you have to do more. You have to talk more about this from that perspective, Pat. You know, did you ever think about in your shows, you know, because we're on like nine hours a week or something creating a segment on that like where you're giving people updates on the new studies coming out and you know i thought about that benny um because just like today's show um the follow-up question to that was for me how do you just des- how do you describe pat how do you describe what's happening to us now and my answer was it really just out of my depth that was my answer. Death. And they, they kind of said, well, what? Wow, like death. And I said, not death, perhaps from the way you might be thinking about it, although that is true. But there are parts of us now that are dying. There are parts of us where the way we used to live, Benny, 
the things we used to do, the, 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 the day-to-day stuff that used to matter to us seems to be shifting and changing. And my guest today, Dr. Karen Wyatt today, is, is joining me because this is a conversation that is so important to have in the scheme of things when we're faced with the death or the dying off of things what then becomes important to us and so i could see the change in myself because i do believe um i do believe metaphorically and otherwise that there is a transformative thing happening in the world right now, that there's something happening that no psychiatrist, no psychologist, no theorist, maybe some ancient prophets could have predicted a transformative energy like what's happening now. And if you to ask the experts, let's say six months ago, let's say seven months ago, If you'd have asked the experts that humanity across the board would be looking at their very existences differently, seven months ago, all you could think about is I got to get to the gym, maybe, or I got to go play ping pong. And today, though, something has shifted. Today, Dr. Karen Wyatt is going to help us understand what those shifts are, why perhaps they're happening, and what are the lessons for living that we can learn from the dying. Today, we're going to talk with her about this, seven lessons for living from the dying and how to nurture what really matters. Now, I'm going to put the caveat out here, and then I'm going to to just turn the ball, just pass the ball over to Dr. Wyatt, best-selling author, comes to the table, her own podcast, End of Life University podcast. So you could tell this is someone that has dedicated a life to understanding this. Um, Thought leader, transformational leader, uh, but she understands the spiritual printer principles surrounding illness, death, recovery, you name it. But this conversation today really digs down deep into questions and conversations. Dr. White, it's great to have you here. Thank you, Dr. Pat. I'm so happy to join you. You know, it's interesting. I think we're all, we're all looking at life now differently. I know we are. Um, and I'm not talking necessarily all gloom and doom. You know, that answer I gave the other day uh, seemed surprising. Uh, to people. Uh, But I'm somebody that came very close to dying. And so, and I've had a lot of death in my family very suddenly. But I hope we get the lessons that you're talking about today, right? So Mm -hmm. I want to ask you, you are here, you have worked with hospice patients, you have been in front of people. And I want to ask you, is the world we're living in today, how do you see those lessons, what you've learned, what you've seen? Are we able to transfer them 
to our current scenario of living? I believe we are. I, I know, as you've pointed out, this is just a historical, unprecedented time that we have never seen before in our lifetimes. And what's amazing, I have seen individuals going through transformative times like this when a loved one has been ill or has died. But this is the first time I've ever seen it when collectively our entire planet is going through the same process at the same time. So it's very profound, but definitely based on all the work I've done and all the people I've been with who have been facing the crises and challenging times in their lives. Um, I'm certain that these lessons will help us at least help us know where to ground, where do we put our energy? What do we look at? Because we're still in the middle of uncertainty. We don't know where we're headed or how this is going to play out. And we really need tools and principles and beliefs in a way to help us get through the limbo period that we're in so that you know, we don't get fall into despair. Yeah, let me talk to you about that. I, I was also talking with someone who was, I mean, she captivated me when she was sharing where she was emotionally and physically. And she was talking about her parents who, um, I'm in Washington state. So we're the state that first became one of the hotspots here out of a nursing home, out of an assisted living place, Washington State. We were like the hub of this. I don't know if people remember that far back, but we were it. Kirkland, Washington, right there. Whoa, what's happening? But the conversation that, that I was listening to was so, for me, I was in awe because what she was saying is beyond the realm of people dying, she said, we have families now that are living in guilt and in shame. And I mean, she went on to talk about her own experience with her parents, right? Mm -hmm who didn't make it. And I thought, wow. And what she started to talk about, and I would love for you to comment on this. She started to say, if we would have only done this, we should have done this. We could have done this. Is that the way we end our last breathing moments? Well, I, I relate to that so well because my whole story began when my father died by suicide. And as a doctor, I spent a lot of time in that space. If only I had done this, why didn't yep. I recognize this? And I lived with that guilt for years and years. And, and that's actually part of what brought me into doing hospice work in the first place. But uh, as working in hospice and sitting with the dying on their bedsides, I actually found that a lot of people are able to resolve some of those issues at the end of life. They're actually able to find their way to love the people they didn't love before, uh, find their way to forgiveness. And so I have a lot of hope that the dying process is very transformative and it's a time that's really ripe for us to heal in ways we may not have been able to heal earlier in life. So I look at that process as something, a positive, potential for transformation, not just something to be fearful of or to, to feel gloomy about, as you said. And, you know, I wanted to bring that up because you and I share that. 
you know, my mother committed suicide. Mm -hmm. And I remember, you know, honestly, it's very difficult to go through life, especially with something like that on the table for you. But I remember growing up and my nickname was Pat the Brat. And so you can only imagine what happens when you're that kind of kid and you're aggravating your mom or you're causing your mom so you think. And I want to ask you about this. I don't have a lot of experiences like you and especially the work you do in hospice. That's not my life. All all the women in my life have died very suddenly and unexpectedly, including my mentor. And so I want to ask you this. There are lessons that you have in the book. There are things that we can bring forward because there are impacts right now, right? Mm -hmm. Are we getting the message that there are impacts right now in life, that we have an opportunity to truly look at what really matters. Yeah, I hope we are because that's how I view this entire situation. It is a huge opportunity for us to make personal changes in our own lives, but for us to change as a society as well. And the first lesson that I wrote about in the book is the lesson of suffering. And I think because we live in a society that emphasizes like, let's feel good, let's have fun, let's enjoy ourselves, let's have let's have pleasure and joy in life, we tend to avoid the idea of suffering. And what I had to learn in order to help me live with my dad's death is that actually there's this is life is just filled with suffering the buddhists call it the little deaths of life life is filled with all kinds of losses and things that don't work out and disappointments and frustrations and that actually we're meant to learn how to cope with those times of suffering we're actually meant to learn how do i gather the tools and the resilience within myself so that i can get through these things when they do happen and so right now is a time when everyone has the opportunity to learn that how can i be more resilient so that that i can cope with this with these losses that are happening and not fall apart you know i want to take a short break and when we come back i want to go through the lessons because my experience after reading the book, after going through this and looking at what you're saying is I reflected back on different points in time in my life where it wasn't a traditional death, right? Someone didn't die, but there was a part of me, right, from an event in life that was no longer the same. It was either transformatively gone or there was a part of me that was gone. And today, when I think about how many millions and millions, and some people say billions of people in the world have experienced the loss of an idea of life. Let's take a short break. When we come back, Dr. Wyatt's going to take us through what these are. We're going to tell you about the book. We're going to tell you about how you can listen to her podcast. And by the way, you always know you can call 1-800-930-2819. We'll be right back. 
How do you feel? Just okay? Well, how about you tune in and get ready to be more with The Healing Hour with me, Doc Martin, every third Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. I'm ready for your questions, and I can't wait to help you find the answers. Every month, we'll have a new live call-in show with innovative topics and a powerful hour of healing. To learn more about me, visit DrSharonMartin.com. See you there. I'm going to be here. You won't want to miss it. Tune in to The Jen Royster Show, intuitive guidance to inspire your life, each Thursday at 8 a.m. Pacific and 11 a.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. This amazing show is an inspirational hour that will take you on an epic metaphysical journey to discover the spiritual approach to life's greatest challenges. Dr. Jen is an internationally known intuitive counselor, spiritual teacher, and energy healer. Call in for intuitive readings and visit jenroyster.com for more information. So how do you value your self-worth? Join Dr. Pat and Sabrina Wright as they introduce Sabrina's holistic approach to self-care and inner peace. Get empowered to make decisions for yourself. Change your view of your own value and learn the tools for investing in who you're designed to be. Live the good life every second Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific on The Dr. Pat Show featuring Sabrina Wright. To learn more, visit sabrinaiswright.com. We remember a time when you could simply form a thought and it would manifest. The harmony was forgotten, but it is returning now. The Power of Inspiration and Awakening Radio with Juliet Griffin on TransformationTalkRadio.com each second and fourth Wednesday at 9 a.m. Pacific will take you on adventures through the heart and spirit exploring who we once were. This intuitive healer studied under the guidance of wolves, learning from their wisdom to master a higher frequency for a new state of mind. Visit OneTrueSelf.com. Have you ever wondered what your pets think about? Do you know what your pets are saying to you? Dr. Monica will be your pet's translator to help you understand what your pets are trying to communicate to you. Enhance the bond with your furry friends on Pets Talk with Pet Communicator, Dr. Monica, each month on TransformationTalkRadio.com. For more information about Dr. Monica, visit PetCommunicator.com. Dr. Karen Wyatt's here. I don't know. I don't know if she knew what she was signing up for when she came on the show to talk to me. <laughs> I mean, I'm taking a very powerful book and I'm, I'm attempting to apl- apply it to a transformative event that I see as very positive. However, positive if we really say what's going on and, you know, but it doesn't matter what you think is going on or not think is going on. I'm going to actually do a show on that down the road. But the question is, we need help. Dr. White, we need help. This is not a sea that we have ever navigated through. We don't have a compass for this, right? Sometimes we don't even, we're not even able to, what's the word my friend would use? We're not even able to predict the nature of the water. We can't predict, is this going to be a stormy thing? We can't predict this. And before we get into it, first, I want to know, how do we get a copy of the book? How do we find out about you? How do people listen to your podcast? All of that stuff. Okay. The book is available right now online on Amazon and Barnes and Noble and Google Books. Uh, You can also get it in bookstores if there's a bookstore open near you. You can um, 
give them some business and purchase it at a bookstore. And then my podcast is End of Life University, and it's on all the major podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google, and Stitcher Radio. And so you can, you can find it there. You can go to my website, too, for the podcast, which is EOLUniversity.com, EOL for End of Life, but EOLUniversity.com. And there's an audio book, uh, too. The, the right. audiobook, the audiobook that there is for this book was actually originally written ten years ago. And I saw I, it. Yeah, so the audiobook is for the first version of it from. 10 okay, years yeah, ago. yeah, the, the but, Kindle book, right? Yeah, and there's a Kindle. Yeah. Well, I've read both of these, but I know today we're oh. going to talk about this latest book. Um, I wonder why, Doctor Wyatt. We don't look, maybe I'm going to answer, I'm, I think I'm going to answer my own question, but let me try it. Larry put a comment on your book about the taboo in our youth obsessed society, right? And death. But there's an opportunity for somebody like you to literally explain to us why what we're going through feels like death now let's acknowledge that people are dying and people are very afraid of dying right some people more than others but there are lessons from this and you so beautifully in this book seven lessons for living from the dying you beautifully lay this out so can you take us through if you don't mind what some there are seven lessons and I, I would just, let's go through them once and then let's go back and talk about a couple of them that I think and probably you think are really relevant to the time we live in. Okay. You talked about suffering, right? Yeah. But let's just say, l- let me just share with everybody what else you say. This is what I love about this chapter. It's not just about suffering. It's about embracing our difficulties. Yes, definitely. Because... Um, and suffering is a little bit of a harsh word to use here, but I wanted it to be able to encompass everything from, you know, being, being disappointed that your favorite dessert isn't available when you go to the restaurant for dinner to having a loved one die, that life presents us all the time, every day with various difficulties. And so we can be in the, in the middle of suffering and choose to resist those and feel sorry for ourselves. Or we can say, Hmm, this is just what life does. This is how life is and find a way to move through it. So that was the idea behind embracing these difficulties and saying, this is what life is giving me today as my fuel to use and my, my raw materials to see what I can make from this. So that's the first lesson, uh, a really hard one for all of us to get through. But the second lesson, what came through to me is that once I learned how to negotiate suffering, I became much more open to love. And so love is the second lesson. Love always sounds a little bit trite when we say it, because we hear that word all the time in our society. And I don't necessarily mean romantic love. I just mean being in a space of feeling loving toward the world, toward toward all people, toward the planet itself, feeling in a space of of goodwill and love and compassion that you can send out to other people. For me, suffering helped me get to that place. So that's lesson two. Lesson three is forgiveness, which I believe 
always follows love because the more we love, the more we will be called upon to forgive because those we love will end up hurting us in some way or another. Love really opens us to hurt and then forgiveness is required to get through that. The next lesson after that is presence or just learning how to live in the present moment, um, which we, we can talk about more if you want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And what I see, um, what I see about that for me, what happened when I started practicing forgiveness more and letting go of, of old resentments and all this energy I had put into keeping alive old memories, I was able to be in the present so much more because I freed up my thoughts and my, and my energy to just be here and enjoy what I'm doing now instead of thinking about something that happened 20 years ago. So, so presence is the next lesson. From that flows the idea of purpose, which is the fifth lesson, finding our purpose in life, and which isn't always our job or our career. It's really about becoming the best people we can be, and that's huge right now because so many people have had their their jobs and careers disrupted and feel like, well, how am I supposed to fulfill my purpose now? It isn't about your job. It's about being the best person you can be. And maybe sitting home for a few months will help you get to that place and, and become a better person uh, when you don't have your job to distract you from that. And so the sixth lesson is surrender, which is a huge one. As we go through all these changes, we're asked to kind of let go and accept what's happening instead of resisting it and fighting it. And then finally, the idea of impermanence, which is a Buddhist concept that nothing lasts, everything changes. And that is the fundamental of nature and of life on our planet that we really dislike that it's true, but it is true. <laughs> nothing lasts and everything changes. Yeah. And I want to tell you, I, I wanted you to go through them and share them with our audience, because one of the things that I was struck by as I went through the book and I read the book, but but also I, I love the I was reading the forward of the book as well. And as I was doing that, you know, I'm one of these people that when when people say to me, we can't believe you actually read the forward or the quotes in the book. Pat, because like you're a quadruple Sagittarius. We don't know any Sagittarius that do that, but I'm also a quadruple Capricorn. Um, and I read them because, and the acknowledgements, because I had to write this for myself one day. And I realized how heartfelt and soul opening this level of detail is, especially when I read the part of the acknowledgements. And here's the thing that I want to talk with you about. As I went through these, I highlighted a few of these for myself. And I want to just, I want to get your take on this when we come back from break. And then when we come back, we're just going to go through the half hour. I'm not going to take any more breaks. One, misconceptions as you pointed out about love. But what you say about it is, let your heart be broken. One of the hardest things I think for my life has been how to open my heart again. Because it's hard to describe to people when you lose a mother to suicide, when you go through 
you know, the losses. And I was homeless at 17. When you go through that, you're like, what? You want me to be vulnerable again? So I want to talk to you about that. But the one I really want to get down to is something for our time. Can you can you figure out which one it is that I'm going to zoom in on here? I'm not sure. <laughs> All right. I'm going to take a short break when we come back. This thing we're going to talk about that Dr. that Dr. Wyatt has really brought forward so beautifully. This is going to be the key to starting the process of healing that we need to start everybody. Let's take a short break. We'll be right back. Hi, I'm Brittany Miles, and I'm hosting a Zoom class on Wednesday, July 29th, 5 p.m. Pacific, with East West Bookshop here in Seattle. The title of my class is The Life You Save May Be Your Own. You're going to learn about how I lost it all in 2016 and the three-step process which got me back my life. Wednesday, July 29th, 5 p.m. See you then. The Truth is Funny, Shift Happens with Colette Marie Steffen is excited to welcome Karen Benton as a monthly guest host. Tune in on the third Wednesday of each month at 8 a.m. Pacific time to regain confidence and trust in your capacity to create change in your life, your health, your family, and your well-being. Karen Benton is a mother, nurse practitioner, certified body talk practitioner, Franklin Method instructor, and owner of Limitless Living LLC. For more information about Karen, visit karenbenton.com. Your eternal purpose is calling out to you each and every day. Are you listening? Tune in to Dynamic Destiny Radio with Coach Pete Cafarcio every first and third Wednesdays at 9 a.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Learn to be your authentic self and live the life that you were destined for. Learn practical tools to discover your purpose and conquer other fears that keep you stuck in a life of mediocrity. Learn more about Coach Pete by visiting PeteCoaching.com. Tune into Three Things I've Learned with Susan Dolce every first and third Tuesday of the month at noon Pacific, 3 o'clock Eastern on Transformation Talk Radio. Join Susan and her guests as they share the stories that shift our souls about radical transformations, courageous breakthroughs, and life lessons. Three Things I've Learned with Susan Dolce. For more information, go to TransformationTalkRadio.com or visit Susan's website at SusanDolce.com. Message delivery by Lisa Ann. You can't make this stuff up. Tune in every first and third Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Message delivery is an inspirational show about the journey to enlightenment and spirituality. For more information or your own personal message delivery, visit AngelMessages2U.com. That's Angel Messages, the number two, the letter U, dot com. Break your snooze button habits for good with the Soul Stretching Sisters on the I Am Power Hour with me, Terry J. Walker. And me, Dr. Pat, on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Pump up your spiritual muscle as we share stories. Aspire higher. And live a whole lot larger. To help you unleash your powered up. Pumped up. I am soul stretching success. Anything can happen when we take to the airways. And all things become possible during the I Am Power Hour. Penny, where'd you get that little ditty from? I honestly couldn't even recall where. It's just a little sample that I grabbed. So, sorry. That's, <laughs> that's part... my Benny. Yeah. That's my <laughs> Benny. 
Benny, Benny and I have had to practice this next thing that we're going to talk about. I'm not going to call you out. I'm just going to talk about myself, Benny. Uh, but I got to say, this next thing we're going to talk about is actually in the headlines today. Before we do that, I would love for Dr. Wyatt, again, to remind us how we can get our copy of the book, and the Kindle version is available, uh, how we can get our copy of, of this book, but also how do we find out about your work as well? Yes, you can get the book at, at, online at Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and Google Books, or any bookstore, and you can also order the ebook there. And then my website is eoluniversity.com. And there you can find out I have some courses, a podcast, some blogs. You can find all that information, eoluniversity.com. And just for those of you that are just tuning in, I want to make sure you all know that today we're talking with Dr. Karen Wyatt about seven lessons for living from the dying. And again, phone lines are open, or you can go to Transformation Talk Radio and type in your question. And we're hoping, almost done with our tech, we're hoping we're going to also have a texting feature. Um, but today, this is a book for our time. I'm not sure if you, you knew when you wrote this book, Dr. Wyatt, if you knew we would be where we are today. It's funny right? because I, I wrote it. I actually wrote the first version 10 years ago. So yeah, I saw it. What I knew is that something's happening. There's going to be a big shift. And then for, so for a number of years, nothing happened. <laughs> you know, I, I, what I thought I saw coming didn't come. And a year and a half ago, Watkins publisher said, do you want to like revise your book and we'll we'll publish it for you and put it out again into the world. And it turns out it launched May of 2020, which, you know, was actually the perfect time. So yeah, it was all of it was, was how it was supposed to be. But I just had 10 years of wondering, why did I write that book? <laughs> oh, man, I'm telling you, uh, it the timeliness of it, it couldn't be any more perfect. I, I want to talk about one of the lessons. And, you know, the lesson that I alluded to before the break has been both the most dramatically transformative for me when I get it, and my greatest burden. And it is one that I attempted to do not knowing what it meant. And that's lesson three. And the way you approach lesson three should be a blueprint for people that struggle with this, because we don't really do it this way. And it is the lesson on forgiveness, but I must say, right next to the word, forgiveness holds no resentments. And I'm telling you, that right there, putting those two together, that is the key to unlock the burden of what's holding you back. Can you talk about one what what motivated you to put them together but what is your version of what forgiveness means well and and for one it it started i started thinking about this because literally nearly every single hospice patient i worked with was working on forgiveness every mm. single person at the end of their lives um, spend a lot of time thinking about how do I forgive someone because I don't want to carry this anger I have inside of me to my grave. <clears throat> how do I feel forgiven by someone else or forgive myself for something I did in the past? And I saw it over and over again, and I heard them talk about it, which impressed upon me. This is one of the biggest tasks of our lives, and most people do it at the very end of life. But it was clear to me, I want to start working on this now and start 
getting rid of this backlog I have of anger and bitterness about the past. What I also saw is that every single day I was acquiring new resentments, new grudges because something would happen or something went wrong. And I was just adding to the pile, (laughs) the pile of negativity that I had to deal with on a day-to-day basis. So right away I decided I still have this old stuff I have to deal with, but I'm, I don't want to add to it. I want to, I want to work through whatever's happening to me right now in the moment as it happens and not hold on to anything negative about it. If I can find my way to just let go whenever something goes wrong or doesn't work out or someone hurts me, can I let it go right now? Then I'm not going to, I'm not going to make my stack of issues even higher that I have to work with. And, you know, uh, I remember the first time I was approached about one resentments and forgiveness. Um, And boy, it was a lot of years ago. But what I remember about the way my mentor at the time presented it to me stayed with me, it stuck. And when I work with women now on forgiveness, I try to present it in this way. He said to me, he said, I'm going to tell you something. We're going to talk about forgiveness and we're going to talk about resentments. But he said, I want to tell you something really important that you, you, you really never should forget. You need to approach forgiveness from a very personal and almost selfish point of view. And we all looked at him. There were three of us that worked with this guy at the time. And we looked at him and said, all right, this is like totally weird. Like what? Forgiveness and selfish. And he he knew he had to say that to us because the three of us at the time, we were a little crazy, really a little crazy. We, we would have just, we would have heard and not, we would not have heard a word. But what he was trying to say was, there is an energy that literally shackles us to people that probably don't remember who we are at all it's so so true and the that bitterness we hold on to doesn't really affect those people as you said they don't they may not remember what happened they're not the least bit affected by our negative energy but we are and it destroys our physical health for one thing but also emotional and spiritual health to hold on to all of those old stories and old wounds and old pain I think you're right. And that was going to be my next question. I I love that the way you wrote about this in your book is talking about those people right before they transition, right before they transition, they open themselves up to this. And I wanted to ask you about it because I, I do not talk or teach forgiveness releasing resentments without the word spirituality there. Some people say religion, I call it spirit spirituality. You can pick the religion of your choice. But I rarely will teach or mentor or coach somebody without those three things. What do you believe is that inspiration at those last moments where you're taking those last breath? What is it that gets people to open up? On the one hand, I see people who actually feel the pain and the weight of those negative feelings. And they're, they're in a process of 
kind of the soul is becoming more and more empowered. The body is starting to slip away. And I think that it literally, it feels heavy and it feels painful and unbearable almost to continue to carry that, that hatred. And, and while they're, they're viewing this spiritual realm that they're moving toward, which is full of love and light, it doesn't fit to have this negativity and, and anger inside of them. And I think that's why they feel so strongly. I just, I have to let this go. I, I don't, I, I, I don't want to take, try and take it with me. I don't want it to be buried with me. And, and mainly they are thinking about the, themselves. How do I find more peace and more comfort and move through this process more easily? And I have to get rid of these, these old bad feelings to do that. But at the same time, they're freeing up other people as well when they do let go of the anger. And I think that most people, and maybe not everybody, but most people really hold on, you know, to the dying breath of, of Jesus, the man we call Jesus. And especially you could find this in, in various parts of the Bible, but this, this also is one of the most noted quotes in multiple spiritual practices and religions father forgive them for they know not what they are doing and you know i remember that and there are there are multiple parts to that but it leads me to one of the other lessons that you talk about if we are there and we cannot go to that place where we release this energy there's not a single word in any book that has been written, whether it's the power of now, be here now, anything to do with now, none of that's going to happen. It's very true. It's very true. <laughs> if we want to move on and we want to evolve and we want to grow spiritually, if we cannot let go of the past, that just becomes a weight that anchors us down and we can't, we can't get where we want to be. We can't move forward. Um. I want to jump to something else in the book because, uh, and Benny, Benny and Zach, I think I'd like to skip the break. Um, one of the things I discovered on the way uh, to the person I am today, and, and trust me, I've had a rough road to get here. I am a student. I don't know what I don't know. That's why I love talking with people like you who have actually written a book. Uh, because you've been on a journey. Writing this book had to be a journey for you. And I want to ask you about this other thing here, because I didn't expect this to be in the book. And it's lesson five. It's purpose, manifest your highest potential. I honestly, when I got the book, I didn't expect this to be in it. But then after reading what you wrote about it, I thought, of course, Tell us how this lesson showed up for those people that were dying in front of you. Well, another thing that, that a lot of the dying contemplate is what was their life about? Why were they here? Wow. Why did they, why did they even come here in the first place? And as they're looking at the end and for some um, death is coming to them a lot sooner than they thought it would. And, and all of them are asking these questions. Did I fulfill my purpose? Did I do what I was supposed to do with my lifetime? Which made me start thinking about that a lot for my own life too. Like, wow, am I going to get to the end of my life and think, wait, I did the wrong thing. I didn't do what I was supposed to do. But as I observed each one of these people, it came through to me that 
really they were fulfilling their purpose through this transformative process as they were dying through these spiritual lessons they were learning and what they were working on that that was really what they came here for to be the student as you described to learn what they could learn from life and from the difficulties life gave them the love life brought into them you know to them that the people they could love the situations they could love and the forgiveness that was that was made available to them to practice so um it was a profound revelation to me that it really doesn't matter in the end which job or career path we choose or how that plays out it matters how we live and how we embrace these lessons and learn day to day and we can change our job every year if we want to that doesn't affect our purpose as much well we can still become the best people we can be no matter what work we're doing so for me that was a profound shift in how i looked at things yeah. And the thing and here's the thing I love about this this and the way you do this. You take us through this journey, right? And each of these chapters are lessons. Then you have something you call tending the earth. And there are, there are things that I love about that get me to think. First of all, you open it up like in this case with uh scripture from Matthew, "My God, my God, for this I was kept. This is the destiny for which I was born." And then you go on and you talk about uh, Zen master uh, Thich Nhat Hanh. Uh, and some people say Thich Nhat Hanh, Thich Nhat Hanh. My, my friends from Asia try to school me on how to pronounce things. I'll never get it right. Then we talk about the Tao. You do this within a three-paragraph aspect of the book because you're presenting an idea to us about the possibility now, I know you didn't write the book for the time we're in, but if we could snatch this chapter out, what would you want to say to folks out there right now who feel their lives are in certainty? Millions today will see their destiny be decided for them. You know, the folks that so need that 600 extra dollars a week, their destiny, their lives will change drastically this week or not, but most likely will. How do we take this and these teachings of whether it's the Tao, the Tao Te Ching, whether it is talking about spirit of God, help us impose this in our lives today? One thing that I think I would say that's true for all of us who are alive on this planet right now, this is the destiny for which we came. We all came here to experience this. And so what we're going through together, it's an, an crucial part of life for each and every one of us. And so, so while it hurts and it's painful and it's frightening and there's a lot of uncertainty, know that you're experiencing this along with all the rest of us because it's a necessary part of your growth and a necessary part of what will come next. Mm -hmm. So if we can stop being upset and angry that it happened and say, hmm, how interesting. I'm so curious. 
what will become of this and how can I make the most of what I'm going through right now and know that the answer to that question lies inside of you really it's how do I how do I look within myself and figure out what are my strengths what do I have to draw on here maybe there's something I'm good at that I wasn't even using in my life before that I could develop right now and what are the parts of me that I need to heal where do I need to forgive what do I need to let go of right now so that I'm ready to step forward and be my best self. So I would say approach this time that we're in as like a rigorous graduate school program. And here we are, we're studying, we're learning. Yeah. It's kind of miserable. It's very hard. And we don't know if we're what we're learning or what we're going to come out with at the end. But this is an incredible opportunity. And it's there for all of us right now. That really leads me to let's just bring it all together with lesson seven. And it's really interesting because lesson seven is the last lesson in this book. Um, and it is this one where if we could get this, right? If we could get this, there would be so many things in our lives that would change. And that is this idea of impermanence and facing our fears. And you put those two together because, you know, like my mom would say, are those two peas in a pod or are they different pods? <laughs> well, for me, it, it appeared that impermanence, which, and I think, I mean, death is the ultimate impermanence that yeah. we will all die one day. Yeah. And I see it as one of the, key factors in our society is just the the pervasive fear of death and the desire to deny it and run away from it and that if we can simply face up to this the reality we're all just mortals here just like everything else just like the flowers in our garden and the trees that are growing outside everything is mortal everything ha will have an end of life everything will will come to the end of that time if we can put that in its place and realize that's just a fundamental principle of life in general we don't have to make it be bigger than it is but it's just the reality for everyone for me it it, it actually shifted everything again because i started realizing I'm not going to waste my time being afraid of that because it's coming yeah. inevitably anyway. Fear won't help me. But what I can do is make sure every single day of life that I have, and I don't know how many there will be, that I do something to make the, the most of this day, that I do something to be my best self, to live my best life today, so that whenever the end comes, I will know. I did a pretty good job. I lived, I lived as fully as I could every day that I had. And I think that this particular aspect and the way you talk about it, um, and, you know, I love the reference here in this chapter to it is fulfilled. I love the reference to that, right? What's that? Those are the last words of Jesus, right? Or something like that. Um, but it has a specific meaning. And I'm thinking about this now to go back to what we started with. Our lives, for the most part, our lives that we had in December are very different than our lives today in July. And some say even more different 
as we move forward to next December. So isn't there, in fact, a dying, a birthing, a dying, and a birthing? And I mean the reality of that, not metaphorically. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. You could look at every one of the changes that happens in life. Like when a a toddler first learns how to walk, um, crawling disappears. There's a death there. The toddler doesn't crawl anymore, but now can walk. So there's something lost and something gained in, in all of these experiences of life. Yeah. And then the punchline, as you put in your book, we've got to live the lessons. Isn't that interesting? We've got to live these lessons that we're learning from the dying. Yeah. And that was, that was said to me um, back. I started writing the book 12 years before for the 10 years ago when I finished, when I finished the first version and my writing mentor said to me, you'll have to live all seven of these lessons before you can write about them. And so indeed it took me 12 years of living with this, these stories and this material before 10 years ago, I could sit down and actually write that first version of the book. Now it's another 10 years, 10 years, like it takes time. It takes time and patience for us to, to learn and to grow in this way. I want to thank you for, first of all, I want to thank you for writing the book. And I want to thank you for the work you do in the world to help people understand these lessons and then apply them to our lives. Because, you know, there is a path to freedom with this that I think once we get a taste of it, right, once we get a little taste of what that freedom feels like, It is that thing that we clearly want more of, but rarely do we know how to repeat or duplicate. And that's what you've done here. Thank you so much for today. Um, One last question. Please, again, mention how people can find out about you. And I'd love to know your personal message. Yes, you can go to my website, eoluniversity.com. And you you can find links there to um, my books and podcast, blogs, everything, eoluniversity.com. And so I guess the message that I most want to share to people is please open your eyes and be willing to face the fact that we're mortal, that death is a natural part of life. Don't waste any of your life energy being afraid of it because it will come and it will be when ultimate death comes, it will end up being a beautiful experience. You don't have to be afraid of it now and don't let that destroy or squander a moment of the life that you have available to you to live right now with love and forgiveness. Thank you so very, very much. Uh, For those of you out there, I just want you to know, again, Dr. Karen Wyatt, and as we said before, you can go to Amazon, get the book in Kindle, get the print version, uh, seven Seven Lessons for Living from the Dying. Uh, We're going to take a short break, everybody. Thank you, Dr. Wyatt. Thank you. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. Let's take a short break, folks. We'll be right back. 